0: I'm glad to be in a church in Columbus that is focusing on this theme because what Jesus said is actually even more greater, if that's allowed, it's greater than what even the future is at Ohio State because the hope that Christ gives around the world is fantastic and we're thankful my family and I that we've had the opportunity to serve the Lord in Tanzania since 1998 and we're grateful for your support since 1997 I'm also glad that Shane and Katie got right with God and they're going to Tanzania now, amen, that's encouraging and I remember when my wife and I, we were the young missionaries in the conferences and now it's like everywhere we go we're, you know, kind of drifting towards the older uh, area there. Uh, testimony. Why Tanzania? Uh, what put us there? I like to say that the reason we're serving in Tanzania is because of a needing, a reading, a leading, and a heeding. We knew that uh, there was a need for missions around the world. And certainly the word of God makes it plain that the harvest is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And during my final year of Bible college, I was confronted with the needs of Tanzania. And how that if someone would go and preach the gospel, that many would respond in the affirmative many that even you see pictures of uh, represent a lot of the people groups that are in Tanzania, East Africa as I look at these photographs of those uh, who uh, put my heart back in Tanzania right now. Uh, we knew there was a need but just knowing there's a need and kind of getting emotional and wanting to meet those needs, it's, it's not enough to keep you on the mission field. It's certainly not a good reason just to go. Uh, so there was a reading in God's word and as we were being confronted with the needs of Tanzania uh, the words that God spoke to Isaiah in chapter 6 when he said who will go for us whom shall I send who will go for us Isaiah simply raised his hand in the temple and he said here am I Lord send me And we said Lord we know there's a need and we're willing to go as we read your word and then it was from God's word being clarified with the needs as we began to be confronted uh, with the continent of Africa, and specifically Tanzania, Uh, back in uh, 1996 during my uh, spring semester at Bible college. uh, We were confronted with those Africa, everywhere we went. And uh, Tanzania, I even read in my lo- our local newspaper about a ferry uh, that, uh, that had flipped. And 546 people perished on Lake Victoria. And that article was written in Mwanza, Tanzania. And interestingly, in August of 1998, my family and I took up residence in Mwanza, Tanzania through God's miraculous leading. Uh, then, after the needing, the reading, the leading... All it took from us was a heating, uh, just to say, all right, we'll go. Uh, we will do this by your grace. Were you, uh, you know, was I apprehensive? Certainly. Uh, my wife, uh, we were 24 years old, had a 16-month-old daughter. Uh, certainly there were apprehensions, there were fears. But we knew all along the way that God was greater than any of those obstacles that we would uh, face in Tanzania. We went to Tanzania, studied uh, Swahili, actually in Kenya, and uh, I was born and raised in West Virginia. But I married a girl from the from uh, the Buckeye State, so uh, you know what happens when someone from West Virginia marries someone from Ohio, and they have kids. All the kids are Buckabillies, okay? So. <clears throat> And then, you know, you take somebody from Appalachia, you put them in Tanzania, they learn Swahili, they become Swahilbillies. So we learned Swahili and began church planting. That was our emphasis in Tanzania. And uh, started our first church in November of 1998, called it the Independent Baptist Church. It was on Ibungilo Hill in uh, Mwanza, Tanzania. From that church... Uh, Through the cooperation of nationals who have been saved and trained and surrendered to the ministry. And also other missionaries who have come in uh, to assist us in the country. As uh, we opened up kind of the western section of Tanzania from 1998 until today... We give God the glory for 28 churches that have been started in Tanzania, East Africa. That's fruit that abounds to your account. In 2005, we founded Lake Victoria Baptist College, which which operates as a modular training facility for national pastors and anyone really uh, in the 28 churches that uh, we're affiliated with who would like to come and study the Word of God uh, in a a deeper level. Uh, In 2005, 7 uh, God moved my family and I from Mwanza which is northwest Tanzania the southern shore of Lake Victoria he moved us to the north central area of Moshi which sits on the foot of Mount Kilimanjaro Uh, We've resided there since 07, continuing with our Swahili church planting, facilitating our national pastors as they go into new areas. But a unique uh, ministry uh, rose up in 2011. God moved our hearts to begin an English-speaking congregation as Moshi is one of the higher educated towns in Tanzania. And there are a lot of English speakers and people from all over the world come to climb the mountain to help with relief projects, hospitals, orphanages, so on and so forth. Uh, so on February 6, 2011, we launched Believers Fellowship Baptist Church. And after launching that church, it's now been in existence for four years. Uh, we've seen God do even greater things. And uh, 51 nations have attended our church there in Moshi, Tanzania. As far as uh, Russia, to the Bahamas, to New Zealand, all around the world. Uh, we've seen God bring people to our church. Uh, many have been come to know the Lord. Some have been baptized. And uh, Christians who just look for a place to worship, uh, they'll look, at, look it up online, a church, a Baptist church, whatever. And uh, the Lord will bring them to us for a season, for a Sunday, for a couple of weeks, a month. And it's just been a blessing uh, serving the Lord there. We'll be going back July 7th of this year,
1: and we thank you so much for the opportunity to be with you again, the prayers and support. God bless you. Well, we are so excited about being here. Pastor Tony had communicated with us about being a part of the conference, and I was so excited. He said he had been to Thailand, and I was like, oh, then you know how amazing the food is, and then he said, well, well I, I'm not a real fan of the Thai food, and I was like, oh. I don't know if I can come to your... Car. No, I didn't say that. Um, so we're excited about being here and to being able to present our ministry and share a burden for Thailand. We're going to share our testimonies just briefly, but I want to start off with kind of letting you know where we're at. We're missionaries to the country of Thailand. Thailand's a country of 69 million people. It's about the size of the state of Texas, so it's fairly large. Um, but the stats are this, and this kind of gives you an idea of the need. We're on we're on deputation right now. We're raising funds to get to Thailand so that we can present the gospel, plant, Churches and see nationals take leadership in these churches. But the country of Thailand is 69 million people. 95% of that 69 million people are Buddhist. all right. And then 4% are Muslim. Now if you've already done the math, that doesn't leave a lot of leeway for us as believers in Thailand. Thailand has less than 1% Christianity that they claim to know Jesus Christ. Now this includes your Catholics, your Mormons, Jehovah's Witnesses. That's all grouped in there. So needless to say, there's a lot of need for the Thai people to hear about Jesus Christ and to know what the gospel is because many of them don't even know who Jesus Christ is. Um, So we want to share our testimony just a little bit and we'll go from there.
2: Well, like you said, my name is Katie, and I grew up in Titusville, Florida, and grew up in a Christian home, which was a huge privilege. My parents led me to the Lord when I was five, and my grandfather was my pastor, and he baptized me. And he actually was also Shane's parents' pastor, and their sending pastor, so we go quite a ways back. Um, but in high school, the Lord really started to work in my life and show me that, that he really had a very specific plan for me, as he does for all of us. And I saw some high schoolers. Is anybody in ninth or tenth grade in here? Ninth or tenth? Yeah, okay, there's a few of you. That was like a really big year for me because in between ninth and tenth grade, I went on a mission trip to St. Louis and the Lord used the trip to just really make an impact on me and to show me that you don't know how long you have in life. Even if you feel like you're young or you feel like you're old or whatever it is, you don't know how long you have. And so I surrendered to full-time ministry during that trip and In ninth and 10th grade, you don't quite know everything that you're going to do in the future. And I didn't know where the Lord would take me. But I was really excited just to see where that would turn out. And I also was a really big geek for English. And I don't know if anyone in here likes the subject of English and grammar and literature. Hey, we got one. (laughs) Oh, we got a few. Okay. Well, I love that. I love grammar. I love English spelling. All of it is, it's just, it's a passion. And so in high school, I thought, well, maybe I'll be an English teacher and I'll change the world for English. People will love English when they come through my class. So, and I had some really great teachers um, in my Christian. school that I was able to attend they made a huge impact on my life and so I thought that's what I want to do is I want to spend every day pouring into people and so I went to Pensacola Christian College and majored in English education there and of all places for the Lord to continue showing me more of his plan and to show me that missions was his plan for my life I was in a history class and I had a history professor who had a huge passion for missions and I love our theme greater the power of one because the Lord used one person and his passion for missions in my life and this man taught he was teaching us world history and as he finished talking about each country, he would give us statistics just like Shane just said. He would tell us how great the need was in Japan, in Eastern Europe, in South America, all of these different places. And the Lord started to really liven my heart and to really show me this is what he wanted me to be a part of and that he wanted me to take the gospel to one of these countries. And so again, I didn't have all the answers. So I was like, all right, Lord, the world's a really big place, so if you could just let me know where to go, I will go there. And it took a little while and it took some waiting on the Lord. But he's always working behind the scenes. And behind the scenes, he was getting Shane ready to come over to the States for a master's degree. And I graduated college. And the first Christmas after graduation, we, we got together and uh, really hit it off. And we'd known each other as kids, but he was taller. He was more handsome. It was great. I was like, wow, okay, Shane, Salmon, okay. And uh, so we got to know each other and started a relationship. And I was able to take my first trip to Thailand with him. And that is when the Lord showed me that Thailand was where he wanted me to minister. And it's one thing to be in, the 20, in, sorry, in your church and you're reading about centuries past and people in the Bible who worship idols and say prayers to false gods. But it's a very different thing to be in the 21st century and to see people worshiping idols and praying to false gods and that's what you see everywhere in Thailand you see people praying to false gods they're giving uh, offerings to monks hoping that the good will outweigh the bad in their life they're not really sure what will happen if it does they're not sure if they're going to be good enough to get to nirvana or good enough to get to a higher state but that's what they want and uh, and they're fearful uh, they always give offerings to evil spirits that they think are everywhere and that want to try to take over their lives. And so it's a culture of uncertainty and a culture of fear. And the Lord showed me that these people just need to know the truth. They need to know that they can be certain about what will happen when they die and that they don't have to live in fear every day because Jesus Christ paid the price for their sins and he will take care of them. And so that's why we're here. We want to do that. We want to take the gospel to Thailand and just show the people the hope of Christ.
1: Our,
2: our backgrounds. Our backgrounds
1: are slightly different. Katie grew up in Tyusville, Florida, but I actually ended up in Thailand at the young age of three. You don't have much of a choice when you're young. Missionaries that have children, you don't give your children much of a choice. Hey, would you like to go? My parents never asked me that. They said, hey... We're going to Thailand, packed up our bags. I was in Thailand at the young age of three. And you stand out a little bit. You recognize that pretty early on. I had bright blonde hair, pale skin. I could never tan like the rest of the Thais. They thought it was very funny. I would turn red and peel. And they said, Our lizards do that here. Thanks. I feel better now. I feel like I fit in. And um, but I I love Thailand. I love the culture. I love the people. And we would come back. My parents are missionaries there. They're still serving there today. They would come back to churches on furlough, and people would ask me, Shane, your dad's doing such a great job in Thailand. Don't you want to be a missionary when you grow up? Number one, that, that, that's a foul, right? That's not fair. You're asking a leading question to a ten year old. And for me, I was like. I adopted the Asian way, so I'd smile, and I'd nod, and have you seen our beautiful fan, and and have you tried some of this candy, and hey, take a prayer card, because I was afraid of something. Growing up, I loved Thailand, but I was afraid that if I surrendered my life to God, I would lose this perception of control. My parents moved from Thaisville, Florida, to Bangkok, Thailand. Where would he move me, starting in Thailand? But God does a work in our hearts, and when God gets a hold of your heart, you can't get loose. I mean, it's just a constant, constant pressure. And for me, I'd feel uncomfortable. I'd sit in services and people be preaching about missions. And just in general, just preaching out of the Bible. And I'd try to, some of the symptoms, you know, sweaty palms, get uncomfortable, don't want to look the preacher in the face because they can sense it. They're like sharks. I mean, there's blood in the water. They're like, oh, somebody's under conviction. I'm going to preach at them. And for me, I was afraid of that. So I, I would just say no constantly. But it was through relationships, through my friendships, that God made it clear to me that I was to be a missionary in Thailand. There was a young man by the name of Benz. He came because a team was sent from a church, much like the church here, over to teach English. And Ben started coming. He wanted to be as American as you could be. His dad was a car salesman. His name was Benz. His brother was Land for Land Rover. Youngest was Porsche. It's not bad. It makes it easier to remember their names. But if you've ever sat across from somebody and you've witnessed and you've witnessed and you've witnessed and, you've witnessed and, and, and you're like, they know. They're, they're ready. I know that they know that. Th- I mean, let's pray. Let's, let's, let's do this. And I would ask Ben, are, are you ready to pray? Let's go ahead and accept Jesus Christ. You know, you, you understand this stuff. He goes, no. I go, I don't get it. He goes, N- you don't understand. I said, what, what do I understand? I've been here since I was three. I'm going to college right now. I think I understand. He goes, your parents aren't Buddhist said, your brother's not Buddhist. Your grandparents aren't Buddhist. You don't understand. And he was right because I thought I was going to be the, you know, I was going to help the Holy Spirit out. I was going to convict. Jesus was going to save and we were all going to be happy at the end of the day. But that, that isn't how it works. The Holy Spirit convicts. Jesus saves and we allow God to work through us. Because greater is he that is in us. And that was hard. That was hard because I came back to the States to study Bible, and I got a phone call from Ben. Ben still hadn't accepted Jesus Christ. He became one of my closest friends while I was in Thailand, but had never accepted Jesus Christ. He called me, and he said, Shane, you'll never guess what just happened. I said, what? He said, I got saved. Normally, we get excited about that, but for me, my first thought was, why didn't you get saved when I was there? Dude, I took you out to lunch. I mean, I explained to you from God's Word, but the point is this. It took 10 years. But it's worth it. It's worth it if it takes you 10 years before you see your coworker, your loved one, your family member come to know Jesus Christ. It is worth it. And that's how it's going to be for us. We understand the work in Thailand is going to be slow. We understand it's going to take time. But it will be worth it. So something I ask for you to pray about this week is what is God asking you to do? Because I talk to so many people and I invite them to come to Thailand. They say, well, you don't understand. I'm too young. I'm too old. Let me tell you, if you have white hair, you're balding. You have an advantage. You got respect. You have age. You have maturity. Not age, right? Maturity. I invite people to come. Pray pray about what God would have you do in terms of Thailand, in terms of missions, because God can do great things with you, with you. So we're so thankful we can be here that we can present missions and for the opportunity to share about what God's doing in our, our life. So take our prayer card; it's in the lobby on the table, and we appreciate your prayers. Thank you so much.
3: I'm so thankful to be here at your missions conference, and uh, what a what a blessing it's already been. I got to be in your Wana class briefly, and all the kids over there great time and and uh, testimony. Thank you for that. I love your platform; that's just incredible. I got sidetracked once or twice. I, I shouldn't tell you that, but I was looking at all those pictures, and man, uh, every person you see behind me represents a soul that Christ died for. And I've been in church my whole life. I've heard all the words said about missions, but uh, I'd encourage you with this: visit Thailand, or visit Honduras, or visit Tanzania, or visit some place and see the mission field firsthand. I just want to introduce, first of all, my wife Beth, is, uh, I, she's in here somewhere, I don't know exactly, oh, I see her right there, she's raising her hand. If you haven't met her yet, stop by our, our display, my daughter Charlotte is two, and she's very shy, she's not mean, she's just shy, and uh, meet her, and uh, we're, exi- we're excited to uh, be having another child due in June, and we found out that's another girl, so uh, lots of drama in the Burkle house is about to happen, but uh, you pray for us. I was a pastor in Connecticut and I uh, kind of did a restart of a church a little bit there, and I was there for about four and a half, five years. And we began our missions program while we were in, in Connecticut. And, and uh, we took on a couple of missionaries for support, and we went on a missions trip to Honduras. It was the first missions trip I'd been on, and somebody helped me go. And what I saw visiting a mission field just helped me as a pastor to be the right kind of pastor and care about missions. And I'm so glad your pastor cares about missions. And I remember that first trip, some things were challenging on the trip. We, we had a flight, it was switched, uh, we switched planes in El Salvador, and the next half of the flight got canceled. And I have all these teenagers with me that if I don't bring them back alive, some parents would be upset with me. Some parents would be happy with me, I don't know. But I uh, got to see God put it all together and work it all out, and what a blessing it was. And, and so we just expanded our missions program at our church and, and tried to do as much as God would let us do. And uh, after I'd been there for four or five years, we had a missions conference at our church. And uh, some of you know Calvin Hauser. Who who knows Calvin Hauser in here? Anybody remember him? He's been at your missions conference before. So raise your hand if you don't remember him so everybody thinks you do. Uh, Brother Calvin was at our church. We had a couple other people there as well. And uh, God had already been stirring our hearts for missions. Missions conference was the most exciting time for me as a pastor. I loved it. And I told our church a couple times before, I said, if God ever calls me to the mission field, I'm ready to go. I want to go if he'll call me. Sometimes people give the story, man, the last thing I'd ever want to do is go to the mission field. It was not that way for me and my wife. We talked about missions many, many times. And, uh, but I didn't want to manufacture something. I wanted God to do something. And at a missions conference at our church, we surrendered to the mission field. And God started leading us towards Honduras. And uh, we, we prayed that God would open doors. It's, it's kind of a big decision to go to a mission field. And you get to know missionaries. Some of you, maybe some of you young people or some of you not as young people, have thought about missions and going to the mission field. And some of you maybe even have a little bit of a heart towards that, but you don't want to just jump into it, you know. You don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to get to Honduras and and be living in a brick house somewhere and snakes everywhere and think, maybe I wasn't supposed to be here. You know, you kind of want to make the right choice if you're going to go to a third world country. And so uh, we were praying about open doors and and, uh, I went back to Honduras to talk to a man that we'd met, met in Honduras, your, your theme is greater in the power of one. I met a man in Honduras named Ronnie Doss. He's been there for 25 years. And one person in his 40s went to Honduras years ago. And uh, he's a lot. the Lord's worked through him. They've started 22 churches in the mountains of Honduras. And they've got about 100 orphans that live on the property there a Bible institute, and the ministry has just grown. It's, it's as third world and as poor as you could ever imagine. Nothing there would impress you as far as facilities go, but God's done something there. And this man's in his 70s, and he was praying that God would bring somebody alongside of him to, to take over, continue on what he's begun. And So we've been praying about that, and I talked to him and, and to see if there would be an opportunity for us to work with him, and he asked us if we would come. We began praying that God might open the door for us to find another family to come to Honduras with us and work as a team. I think teamwork is, is a great thing, it's a biblical thing. And I was, I was visiting a church in Ohio. You all support Bearing Precious Seed, I saw. I, I was at the church there meeting with Dr. Keene, who, who really started Bearing Precious Seed. And as I was meeting with him and praying with him about missions, I ran into a friend of mine that I hadn't seen in a long time. He went to college with me and I said, hey, we're praying about missions. We're, we're, gonna, we're, we're thinking about going to Honduras and we're looking at going on a survey trip. And My friend said to me, Brother Adam Jarvis, he said, uh, you know, we've been praying about missions too and I don't know where God would want us, but could we go with you on a trip? We'd love to do that. And Immediately I'm thinking, this is perfect. This is God's will. It's going to work out great. Don't tell a missionary that you're thinking about missions because we'll sign you up. I mean, we'll, we'll, get, you, we'll get your name written down. He, he his wife went with me to Honduras and I I was really praying that by the end of the trip they would say man we're in we're going to go and that was not the case they went with many many questions and brother Adam told me when they got back he said we have more questions now than we have answers. And, uh, but, but the Lord worked in his heart after he got back for a few days and a few weeks and, and uh, Adam surrendered to the mission field. He's coming with us to work with us as a team. And God's put that together. That's not something we manufactured. God opened the door for us to do that. So my wife and I will be working with the churches that are there. There's 22 churches. Only uh, 20 of them have pastors right now. So we're going to try to help out where we can. We want to continue that. We want to plant more churches as God gives us the opportunity. What we do is we train nationals at our Bible Institute. and When they're ready to pastor, we'll help them build a building. And uh, when we put up a building, we'll, we'll kind of help them get started and, and get going. And then we'll turn it over to that national. And it's worked very, very well. We've actually got a church in Connecticut that's raised all the money that we need. As soon as we've got a national pastor ready to go and train, the whole building's already paid for. Uh, what a great opportunity. Now listen to this. This is pretty, pretty neat. We were traveling a deputation. We've been on the road for about a year now. Hoping to be on the field by Christmas. Lord willing, you pray for us. We were at a missions conference in Florida, and we got together with a girl that my wife had been roommates with in college, and uh, we were excited to talk to her, and we told her about what we were doing and about some of the needs in Honduras. We told her that Honduras is uh, the poorest country in Central America. Sixty-five percent of Hondurans live on less than $2 a day. We, we told her about the, the crime rate. Honduras has the highest murder rate of any country in the entire world. Many people consider Honduras the most dangerous place to live anywhere. Uh, we told her about all of it, and, and uh, she said, you know, I, I, I'm, she, she's a nurse. She teaches nursing at a college. She said, I've been praying that someday God would open a door for me to go to a mission field on a permanent basis and run a medical clinic. And, and so she said, tell me more about Honduras. Well, again, you tell a missionary you're interested in missions, and we started telling her everything. And she said, well, well, tell me, you know, I was telling her all the good things, but she said, tell me some of the bad She said, are there bugs there? I said, there's bugs there big enough you can walk them on a leash. You know, you don't have a guard dog, you just have a guard spider. If you get a chance when you're done tonight, go out the back door, our display. I've got a picture of a tailless whip scorpion. It's half crab, half scorpion. It's the size of my hand. I'm told it's harmless, but I jump off a bridge to get away from the thing. So we told her all that, and she said, now n- most people hear that and they say, brother, we'll pray for you. I'm so glad God called you to Honduras. And that's okay, I want your prayer. But she said, she said, that sounds fascinating. And my wife and I looked at each other, and we thought, God's doing something. And she said, could, could I go down there for a trip and, and see kind of the ministry and see what's happening? And I said, well, I might be able to arrange that maybe next year or something. And she wanted to go so much to see the property. She got a group together, another girl and a pastor and a couple people, and they went on their own without Beth and I to see the property. And she, she believes God's calling her to the mission field to work as a, run a medical clinic on her property. Now, that, that's just amazing to me because we weren't even actively seeking that. We had talked about it before. Hey, maybe someday God will open the door for it. You know, they had a medical clinic in Honduras, and somebody went there for a year and then came back. So we've already got a building ready to go. And God's just opened doors and opened doors and opened doors, and we're so thankful for it. I want you to pray for our family. We can't wait to get to Honduras. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Again, our, our goal, Lord willing, is to be on the field by, by December. I want to just tell you a, a, a story, and then I'll be done. We look at all these pictures, and I love looking at pictures of different places. I love hearing about Thailand and Tanzania and different places. But it's easy to look at a picture but not necessarily know the emotion behind the picture. I mean, we don't know. I don't know any of these names. I don't think anybody in your church took these pictures. I don't know. But when I went to Honduras and I got around these orphaned kids and these abandoned children, there's 180,000 abandoned children, orphaned or abandoned children in Honduras. That's more than the population of Dayton, Ohio. And the 100 that are on our property, I've heard stories that parents drop off their kids. I've heard those stories, and and I guess part of me is affected by that. I've heard stories that kids will get dropped off, and their parents have never even given them a name. And our ministry will give the kid a name, and and sometimes we'll give them a birth date because they don't know when they were born. And, And I knew that that happened, but one time I was there, and I got to watch that happen in front of me. We had a group of about 20 people with us. We were in the back of a pickup truck, and we were about to drive off of our property. And I watched a Honduran man... And his son fighting. My Spanish isn't very good yet, but I was trying to pick up what I could. And I realized what was happening was here's a father that decides he doesn't want his son anymore. I I can't, I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up with mom and dad that weren't perfect, but they loved me. I never thought they were going to leave me somewhere. The father's pushing and shoving his son. And the son's got tears, maybe eight years old. He's got tears running down his face saying, dad, don't leave me. Don't make me stay. The dad's saying, you're good for nothing. I hate you. I never want to see you again. We got real quiet in the back of the pickup truck. The national pastor that was there grabbed the kid and kind of a bear hug and held on to him as the dad left. And our hearts were broken. Got real quiet for a little bit. His name was Orlean. He got in the truck with us. And that day we were going to work on a church building. He came with us all week long. Everywhere we went, Orlean came with us. We tried to love on him as much as we could. And and there's a language barrier there. But, I mean, everywhere we went, he came with us. And we tried to show him pictures from the states and and just, just communicate as much as we could. I've got a picture, if you watch my video on Friday, if you come to the banquet, you'll see my arm around a young man, his name's Orlean. As we left that week, I still remember it, tears were running down Orlean's face because he was sad that we were leaving. And I realized as I see those young people and I think of my own children, every one of those children in Honduras have a name. They need somebody to care about them and somebody to love them. Now I say this, tonight as we have this missions conference, 50% of the world has never heard the name Jesus Christ, not one time. Can we have some folks tonight that will will love people, will learn their name, will go and give them the gospel message and tell them about Jesus Christ? I, I don't know any of these people, but I did notice this young man here, I was trying to look for a young boy about Orlean's age. This isn't Orlean, but that could be somebody just like Orlean. Nobody cares about He's been cast away by everybody. Missions is about taking the gospel and taking the love of Christ to people all over the world. Please pray for our family. Thank you so much for letting us be with you. And uh, we're excited to get to know you more. And uh, if you have any questions for us, please stop by our display after the service.